Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Relationships are interesting, aren't they? When you think about the relationships that we have with each other or we have with our spouses or that we have with our kids, there is an element in those relationships where we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility in any relationship. Now, you could say, well, I don't have any responsibilities in my relationship. Well, then that's obviously a sign that you must be very selfish if you think the whole world revolves around you and your relationship. But any healthy relationship is a sharing of responsibilities. And you and I have responsibilities. So like even in my relationship with Lori, I have certain things that I need to do in my relationship with her, and she has certain things for there to be harmony in our relationship. Now, why are we talking about relationships today? Because we're ultimately talking about the relationship that we have with God, and with a relationship with God comes a, basically comes a responsibility, comes a responsibility that we have with Him. Now, this ties in with what we talked with about last week, because remember, another aspect of our relationships with God is that we have honesty, that we are open with Him about the things in our lives, especially the sin in our lives, and that He accepts us. Now, with that honesty and acceptance comes a responsibility now on our part, and especially a responsibility concerning the sin in your life. You are responsible for the sin in your life. Some of you, I don't even need to know that because you feel the weight of that responsibility. The problem is, though, is that how does that tie into my relationship with God? Well, John tells us here in these first two verses. So I want you to notice what he writes. This is especially important as you consider the context of it is right after he talked about the whole issue of the fact that we need to be honest about sin and that God is willing to forgive us. So notice with me verse 1 and 2 and notice what he says. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. In these two little verses, John's going to show us what our responsibility is in our relationship with God. But as you look at that, you say, well, wait a minute now, that's, that's a heavy-duty responsibility. I don't know that we can do that. Well, then he also follows up the claim of a responsibility with an encouragement. So let's look at it. We're going to talk about the relationship that we have in the relationship with God. Let's look at several things, first of all, concerning the responsibility. The first thing I want you to notice is this. As a loving father, John instructs us. Notice what he says. My little Children, these things I write to you. My little children here is, is an in term of endearment. John is, by this time, very old. He is the last of the apostles. And as he's writing to you and I, he is writing to you and I as a loving father, giving instructions to his children. 
And as he's getting ready to communicate this responsibility, he's not coming across as he gives us this responsibility as a heavy boss, like, you need to do this or else. He wants us to understand what he's about to instruct us in. He wants to come across in a loving way. He wants to come across as a loving father instructing their sons concerning what they need to do for life. And what he's instructing us is what we need to do for the relationship that we have with God. So John very much comes across as a loving father as he instructs us. So what is he going to tell us? First of all, he tells us this. Being a sinner is not a license to sin. Being a sinner is not a license to sin. Notice what he says. I write to you that you may not sin. Now, why, why is he saying that? He just told us in verse 8 and verse 10 that if we deny the issue of sin in our life, that the truth is not in us. What's he saying? He's saying, guys, if you need to recognize that you are a sinner, not only do you need to recognize that you are a sinner, you need to recognize that you are going to sin. And that's what we talked about last week, the whole issue of being honest. You are a sinner, I'm a sinner. You're going to sin, I'm going to sin. Everybody understand that? And so... He's bringing that point out. He told us that last week. But now as he gets to chapter 2, he wants us to understand the reality of you being a sinner and the reality of you sinning is not a license for you to sin. You can't just say, well, that's my nature. Well, I'm a sinner, I'm going to sin. Well, I might as well choose what sins I'm going to do. He's not saying that. What he's saying here, though, is that you and I need to recognize that even though I am a sinner, even though I'm going to sin, I don't have the right or the license to sin, period. We need to understand that. But then he goes on and he says this then. What's his next point there about the responsibility? We are called to quit sinning. Wow. You feel the weight of that. And that's what he says. My little children, these things are right to you so that you may not sin. John is calling us to quit sinning. What a responsibility. You think about that. When you enter into the relationship with God, God says, I want to have a relationship with you. I died for you. I forgave you. I accept you for who you are. But what I'm telling you is, is I want you to stop sinning. Now, your immediate response is, when you hear that, which is my immediate response when I read it, is, come on, John, you can't be serious. You just said, by my very nature, I'm going to sin. You said, if I deny the fact that I'm a sinner, then the truth is not in me. Well, John, I'm a sinner. John, you just said to me that if I claim that I don't sin and that there's no sin in my life, the truth is not in me. Well, the fact is, I am a sinner, and John, I do sin. Now you're telling me I need to stop? Impossible. You feel the weight of the responsibility there? But let me I gotta explain something to you. When you enter into a relationship with the holy God, and He's holy and He's just. You enter into a relationship where now you have a responsibility where you need to stop sinning. You need to stop it. Do you recognize it? 
It's one of those things, though, you probably do recognize it, but you're probably defeated by it. That's how most of us view church, isn't it? We view church in terms of things that God has told us to do that seem so impossible that there's no way we could do that. And now he's telling me to do the very thing that seems almost utterly impossible, and that is to quit sinning. Have you tried it? I don't know about you, but I've tried it. Didn't work too well. Lord, I'm going to quit sinning today. Hop in the truck, drive out somewhere. Somebody cuts me off. I'm not going to let that bother me, Lord. Yeah, you do. And you have an attitude. So much for trying, isn't it? And you feel defeated, and you feel defeated. But John calls us to quit sinning. That's the responsibility. But here's the wonderful thing. The responsibility is not all, he says. Because if that's all we had, we would go home, we would just close our books and say, okay, I'll never be able to do it. But see, I'm going to tell you something. There's something wonderful about God. He just doesn't tell you to quit sinning. He wants to tell you something else. So I want you to notice with me now what the last part of verse 1 says. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now here's where we're going to spend the rest of our time. The first thing I want you to notice about the encouragement and what John says is this. We are going to fail. Here's what John's saying. He's saying, guys, my dear children, as your loving older apostle, as as your father, spiritual father, I'm saying to you guys, you need to quit sinning. Quit sinning. And you're like, wow, what a heavy responsibility. But then here's what John says. But if you fail. But if you fail. What's he saying here? He recognizes what? You're going to fail. Isn't that an awesome thought? There's not an expectation in John that when he tells you to quit sinning that you have to keep this high mark and attain sinless perfection in your life because it's not there. He's saying to you guys, strive in carrying out the relationship in your life that you're going to quit sinning, but also recognize that as you try to do that, what? You're going to fail. You're going to fail. Now here's the wonderful thing. Here's the encouraging. You say, what's so encouraging about being told that you're going to be a failure? Here's, well, this is the encouraging part because here's where some of you are at and how defeated you are. You know God's standard. You know what God wants for your life. You just heard Him say that He wants you to quit sinning and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't do that. That's so, that's so outrageous. If I even try, I'm going to fail. But He just said to you, you're going to fail. See the encouragement in that? Some of you are here today and you're so defeated in your spiritual life because you're trying to attain the perfection that God calls you to And you know you can't do it, and so you're defeated because you think God's going to change His view of you. No, He just said to you, I want you to try to attain it, but recognize what? You're going to fail. You're going to fail. Isn't there freedom in that? I see the freedom in that. I see that He wants me to move forward, but He also says, George, you're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You know, it's sort of like this. You remember, every now and then I remember, I was thinking about this the other day because I was thinking about my grandmother. She's thinking about coming to visit me from Germany, probably her last visit. She's getting a little old now and we're not even sure she'll be able to come. But I remember the visits that she had before. My grandmother was there when Madison was learning to walk. 
and when Foster was learning to walk. And she spent a lot of time with him when she visited. And I remember when Foster and Maddie were learning to walk. And you can think back to when your little one was learning to walk. And you remember, they're, they're, you know, they're just kind of all over the place, wobbly and everything. And, you know, and, and they're just trying, and they're laughing because they think this is funny. Do you remember that? You know, and, and you're all like, oh, they're going to fall on their face. You know, and you're like there right beside him. And, and you know that they're going to what? Stumble and fall. Reminds me of that scripture all the way Psalm 37. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in them, though he yet stumble. He will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. It's like a little dad, excuse me, a dad with a little one helping them walk. See, that's the way God is. God, God wants you and I to walk. And where He wants us to walk is to move towards getting to the place where we stop sinning. But He knows that you're going to stumble. That you're going to fall. He knows that you're going to fail. Isn't that an awesome thought? That God already knows that? And He hasn't said, I'm done with them. Wipe them off the face of the earth. That's not God. That's not God. And so he says, we're going to fail. Here's the wonderful thing. You look at verse 1. Verse 1 again, and notice why. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. See, John can say to you and I, guys, quit sinning. But recognize that you're going to fail. But if you fail, here's the point I want you to grasp. If you fail... Here's Jesus speaks in our defense. Isn't that awesome? Advocate is the same term that's used for a lawyer. And Jesus acts as our defense lawyer. And even though you stumble... Well, let me share some scripture to help you understand what I'm talking about here. In the Old Testament book, the prophet Zechariah, chapter 3, verses 1 to 5... He has a vision, and in his vision, he writes this, Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments, was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you. I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by You know who the angel of the Lord is? Is Jesus. What a picture, powerful picture right here in the Old Testament of this passage that we're looking at in 1 John. Of John saying that Jesus is our advocate. And so when someone comes to accuse, and you can almost see it, the Lord says to you to quit sinning, but what? You sin. You can almost see Satan saying, well, there he goes again, God. There she goes again. You told her not to do it, and guess what? She did it. Or he did it. And what we see here is the picture that the Lord rebukes him. 
And then he says these words. And this is, you need to listen to what he says. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Or there's George. He messed up. You be quiet. Is he not a brand? Did I not die for him to remove the transgression and the iniquity from his life? Did I not die for him that he might not experience the fires of hell? Did I not pay the price for his salvation? Have I not removed the iniquity from his life? Is he not no longer clothed in dirty robes, but now clothed in clean clothes of righteousness? My righteousness, Jesus said. See, he's our defense lawyer. See, this is the wonderful thing. You know the standard. The standard is is that you and I are to quit sinning. As we are in this relationship with God, we're to quit sinning. But he says, guys, you're going to fail. And when you fail, recognize that Jesus is your defense lawyer. Jesus intercedes on your behalf. Isn't that wonderful? So many of you, though, are here today, and when you think about the sin in your life, you think about a Jesus who's angry. You think about a God who's ready to zap you. Let's see, they don't have enough medical bills this week. We'll make sure of that. Oh, car's running too good. Well, you know, they shouldn't have acted that way at Walmart. We'll give them a car problem. But that's your concept of God. But that's not the concept of God we have in the Bible. The concept of God in the Bible is is that He's there interceding on your behalf because He knows that you're going to fail. Isn't that an awesome thought? I mean, if you don't get excited about a God who wants to have a relationship with you, who's willing to know that you're going to fail Him, and He's going to do everything He can to take care of you because of your failure, then then you're not breathing today. Here, let, let me help you just to help you to comprehend what I'm talking about. I want you to think about the relationships in your life. Think about the relationships, or maybe it's a spousal relationship, a parental relationship, maybe it's a relationship with a sibling. If they failed you, how would you respond? Well, I don't know, I'd like it. You're right, you wouldn't. And you'd probably punish the person or do whatever you could to get back at them and make them pay for hurting you or whatever. See, that's our normal human response. And that's how we think God looks at us. But I want you to understand, what this passage is telling us is that God is saying, look, here's your responsibility in our relationship, but I recognize that you're going to fail. And if you fail, don't worry. My son is interceding for you. Because he paid the price. And the relationship is still okay. Isn't that an awesome thought? Man, what an awesome thought. Why? Verse 2 tells us why. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Why? Because Jesus has done something. Jesus has satisfied God's wrath. Jesus has satisfied God's wrath. He paid the price, and the price was God's wrath. God's wrath, who, let me just remind you, was directed towards you and I because of the sin in our lives. But Jesus went to the cross to die for us that that wrath might be forgiven. Not just for us, he says in verse 2, but for the whole world. So he gives us this responsibility. He says, I want you to quit sinning. But guys, as you work towards quitting to ceasing to sin in your life, 
Recognize you're going to fail. Recognize that you have an advocate. But let me just tell you about this advocate. He paid the price for you. So that my wrath would be subsided. So you just keep plugging on. Isn't that an awesome thought? Wow. What a responsibility. What a responsibility. Let me give you some closing thoughts here. As we think about your relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to think about this. First of all, ask yourself the question, are you defeated by sin in your life? Are you defeated by sin in your life? Is there some habit that you're trying to overcome? And it just defeats you. It just knocks the wind out of you. You try. You plead with God about it. You cry out to Him. And you, you just know that it's something that has ensnared you and you want to overcome it. And it's like you are defeated by it. Is that you today? Chances are it probably is. Because we all have our sins, don't we? Are you defeated by sin in your life today? You need to ask yourself that question. And listen, be honest. This is what we talked about last week. Be honest with God. Say to Him, yes, Lord, I'm not doing right. And I need your help. And I'm defeated by it. What do you do then? Next thing, recognize that Jesus assures you, he assures you of forgiveness. See, you can be defeated, but the concept of Jesus forgiving you could be like somewhere on some other planet. It doesn't even enter into your thoughts because all you see is the sin. All you see is what has ensnared you. All you see is what has defeated you. And you know that God is calling you to stop doing that But the concept of forgiveness is not even there. But what I want you to do is to recognize again that Jesus has assured you of forgiveness. Why? Because He's the propitiation for our sins. He satisfied God's wrath on the cross. Recognize it. Yes, you are ensnared. Yes, you are Stumbling. Yes, you are falling down. Yes, you are trapped in a behavioral pattern that you want to cease. But God forgives. He forgives. Recognize it. Isn't that an awesome thought? He forgives. I have to think back to the statement of that great Puritan writer, Richard Sibbs, who says there is more mercy in Christ than there is sin in me. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Because in our heart of hearts we know who we are. There's more mercy in Jesus. Wow. So then that brings me to my final point. And you got to pay attention. Pick yourself up and grow in your relationship. What am I saying? John's saying this to you. My little children, I write this to you, that you sin not. Stop sinning! Well, you try and boom, you're on your face because you fell. Instead of laying on your face. Instead of saying, well, there's no sense of me getting up. I might as well just lay down and just be defeated the rest of my Christian life because there's just no way I'm going to overcome it. There's just no way, Lord, I'm going to be able to fulfill what you want me to do. 
Lord, I just give up. Instead of doing that, you recognize that He forgives you and you pick yourself up and you keep trying. You keep moving forward. You say, Lord, I messed up. Lord, forgive me, but I need your help. Help me to move forward to overcome this. And if you keep picking yourself up and you keep moving forward, you'll overcome. Let me give you a personal testimony and I'll close with this. Many of you know that I didn't come to know the Lord until I was 19 years old. I was a freshman at the University of South Carolina in the engineering program. In fact, just this week, when I was in Lynchburg, Virginia, for the conference, I met I met one of the men who was who I lived in his house. He was a missionary at the University of South Carolina, and he was one of the men who discipled me. And so we were talking about how far God had brought me. But I want you to think back with me. I'm 19 years old. I didn't come from a Christian home. I had a habit I picked up, and that habit was as I smoked. And it's not something I'm proud of, but I smoke cigarettes. And after coming to know the Lord, I knew that I needed to give it up. Well, that ain't easy. I'll be honest with you, that's just downright difficult. And so for a while, through God's grace and a few things... I was able to do it. One thing that was wonderful about it, I didn't think it was wonderful at the time, I ended up joining the National Guard and I went away to boot camp where I had nine weeks where I was told you could not smoke. And so that helped me out, so I stopped. But then as soon as I got out of that, I picked up another cigarette pack or whatever and would start smoking again. And what would happen over a period of year, of a year is, is I would stop and fail, stop, Fail, stop, fail. So finally one day, because I kept picking myself up, because I kept moving forward in the forgiveness of Jesus, I would never pick up another cigarette again. I would quit failing in that area. See, some of you here, there's a sin habit in your life and you know that Jesus is calling you to stop. And you've tried, but you failed. But you gave up. You said, I can't do it. You know what you need to do? Get up. Go on. And recognize you're going to probably fail again. But then you get up. And you go on. And then one day, before you know it, you won't fail. You'll have the victory. See, that's the responsibility of the relationship. The responsibility of the relationship that we have with God because He accepts us for who He is because we're honest with Him about the sin in our lives is that He forgives us our sins. And with that forgiveness comes victory. And you can overcome in your life. You can overcome.
come in your life. Quit being defeated. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.